0: God if
1: you really love me You have got a funny way of
0: showing it. Is that a... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Garecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Hey, everyone, this is Jen Gorecki, and I'm super excited to have artist, athlete, and perhaps activist, uh, Brooklyn Bell with us today on Juicy Bits. Brooklyn, welcome to our podcast. Hi, everyone. Uh, So just to give everybody a little bit of background, um, in addition to just wanting to be able to Talk to Brooklyn because why wouldn't you want to talk to Brooklyn about all the things that she's working on? Uh, We're really excited over here at Coalition Snow because Brooklyn designed some graphics for our Rafiki powder ski. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But really, this conversation is just going to be about getting to know Brooklyn, uh, what brings her joy, her inspiration for her artwork, um, her take on diversifying the outdoors, Uh, So, Brooklyn, let's just jump into it. Yeah, Um, let's do it. Awesome. So I want to talk about your artwork because um, that's what's obviously sort of brought us together in a professional capacity with Coalition Snow was the design for the top sheet design for our, our skis. And you you have um, designed artwork for other ski companies. You have um, your own line of art. Um, and I just wanted to really find out what inspires you to create this artwork because you definitely have a have a very like Brooklyn Bell look people can I'm sure at this point can recognize like oh that's a Brooklyn Bell. so what what inspires you to create the art that you create
0: oh my gosh so many things inspire me I think that um I think when I was first making art like art felt like this kind of um to-do list because I was um new to mountain biking and new to skiing um and new to like I guess, outdoors. I mean, I played outside, but, you know, um, for me, like, creating art was a, a way to be a part of something that um, I hadn't before, and for me, like, creating visions of moms meant that I got to tick off things in my to-do list, and I got to dream big, and I got to be um, the person I want to be without actually being, like, presently being that person if that makes sense so like 18 year old me was creating art and wanting to be maybe the person I am now um and um creating that art as like a vision of who I could be in the future um now I feel like I create art um just to solve all my problems (laughs) like (laughs) I get I get frustrated and Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes art will come out or, um, I need like a safe space. So like that will be the place that I create art, um, design and art is a place where I can like find just control and peace and calm. Um, I mean, a lot of times I just create art because I just like to be able to play and be able to express myself, um. And I feel really fortunate that I have art in my life.
1: Yeah, well, it's certainly an outlet. um, And, Mm. you know, we, we like, we all need a little bit more of that these days. Um, So you said that you were 18. So you were 18. So how long ago was that? How, how many years have you been um, painting the places where you want to be?
0: Um, so I'm 24 now, so that is like six years of creating mm-hmm. art. Um, I kind of fell into the art that I do now because um, I was a yearbook kid all throughout high school. I learned how to use Photoshop when I was 12. Um, so I worked in the Photoshop um, and Adobe suite for a really, really long time. And I kept on seeing these landscape artists um, pop up on my Instagram feed when I was 18-year-old getting into the mountains. And um, I was like, I don't know how to paint. So I figured out a way to use my Photoshop um, Mm -hmm. program to um, create the art that I wanted to create. And it eventually just evolved into something that felt like it was genuinely me. I think at the beginning of creating art, I made stuff that looked more like watercolors because I wanted to mm-hmm. copy some of the folks that I was seeing but I think as I um, you know studied design and like felt really comfortable in my medium, um, I realized that being at using the tool of the computer and having this like kind of mix between like something that's very clean and something that's a little bit more gritty, um, would make my art style really unique
1: yeah well it certainly is like I said like to me it's really obvious when I see a piece of your work and we're seeing a lot more of it these these days which is um really awesome let's let's talk about the artwork um that you created for our coalition snow skis what was the inspiration behind that
0: um I think my inspiration for the Rafiki was play and fun and laughter and just like I think women don't really get very many different narratives in the outdoors I think especially with skiing like um I think some of this women that I look up to you who are amazing skiers um they kind of have like this natural like stoicism to them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like sometimes when I ski, like it's just all about being a goof and taking a lot of boom booms. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to create a piece of graphic that just inspired, you know, women to just play and like pop off of things and, you know, experiment and not be afraid to take chances in that way.
1: Yeah, well, that, I mean, it's what I love about the vision behind your artwork and then also just learning more about, um, you know, about your life and and you, you becoming more a part of um, the outdoor industry as an athlete is that this hasn't been that long for you. So if six years ago you were creating artwork so that you could be in the places that you wanted to be. And now six years later, you're filming um, videos with Patagonia for mountain biking and you're skiing. How did you actually get into skiing? And how did, how did you get so good at all this shit in six years is really what I want to know. Like, how did you do that? Because uh, I feel like I've been doing this shit for like, well, okay, I'm 43. So for, I started, you know, my my time in the outdoors started when I was like 17 or 18, so it's been over 20 years. I'm um, I don't I, I'm not good at any of this. How did you get so good in six years?
0: Um. Well, I there's a lot of answers for that. So I grew up figure <laughs> skating, so that helps. Okay. So I grew up figure skating. Um, I grew up playing soccer, so I was like on team sports and figure mm-hmm. skating, so I was like already athletic. Um, and i <laughs> there's a there's a lot of different answers but i like grew up athletic um i really got into skiing um when i was 18 but of course like i went skiing a couple times when i was younger so i did have exposure to skiing more mm-hmm. more exposure to skiing than mountain biking and mountain biking was like completely a whole different world um but i am probably somewhere I'm not undiagnosed, but I think I'm somewhere on the spectrum of having ADHD. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's like, whether it's art or whether it's, you know, skiing or mountain biking, like I get really hyper-focused. Um, Mm -hmm. I often feel times, feel like times where I'm just kind of like this hose, you know, like you turn the hose on, but then you have like the, the little dial that like changes the like settings on it. It just Mm -hmm. feels like, if I'm passionate about something like the water is just like spilling out and I just have to change the dial um and I usually when I do something I go pretty deep yeah and I I think that's always been something that's like been just one of my goals is just mastery it's like how can I find mastery in my art or how can I have mastery in skiing and mountain biking? I'm certainly not there yet. <laughs> it's all these things are really hard. Uh,
1: yeah, they are <laughs> for sure.
0: They're um, freaking, They're stupid hard.
1: Uh, which is why I love hearing from you that your inspiration for the Rafiki is about play and fun and laughter because being outside shouldn't have to be about dominating or um, like being the best or being perfect. Like it really should just be about having fun.
0: Yeah, totally. It should be have, like it, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to have play. And I feel like Mm -hmm. when you find that space of play, like, you just feel limitless. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you can learn so much. Mm
1: -hmm. So what's your favorite part about being outside then? Is it, is it the mastery? Is it the play? Is it that, that feeling of being limitless? Is it a combination? Like what do you love most about being outside?
0: Um, I don't know. It just feels like home, like Mm -hmm. spending time out in the backcountry skiing, um, hiking. Like it just, feel at home Um, I don't know I I love the challenge of learning how to ski and the vigor of it Um, I love the flow state Mm -hmm. Um, like when things do click it's just like oh this feels so good it's really incredible Mm -hmm. Um, I think I really love the connections that I have with people one skiing and mountain biking too um, and a lot of times it just feels like the 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 passing back and forth between inspiration between mountain biking and skiing and skiing and art and art and mountain biking and skiing and mountain biking it just all kind of flows really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice because mountain biking and skiing are are nice how they're they can be opposite seasons, so you can focus on one and then have have a rest and then get into the next one. Um, yes. you know, and then your art is sort of what is that thread throughout all of it, right? Like regardless of the, of, of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to go back to one thing you you were talking about getting to the, the flow state. Um, and I'm curious for anybody who is still on their journey of becoming a better skier or mountain biker or anything. Do you have any tips for people on like, how to really be in the moment and, and feel like, feel that feeling that, that you're describing that you're talking about?
0: Um, I think for me, like, I guess what's helped me find flow state, um, is, you know, getting lots of repetition. Like I go out on my bike, I'll do the same run over like the same hard run over and over again um, same thing with skiing I have one run that is uh, just is the run that nobody wants to ski on like a crappy day but like I'll ski that same run over and over and over and over again and whoever wants to join me can join me um, but I I think for me like having that repetition and like feeling like getting to the place where like I could be like half asleep and just feeling in my body like um, has helped me find a lot of like flow state and a lot of, um, just so much progression in both of these sports. I think you can find good flow and lots of play when you like put on music that always helps me. Sometimes I'll play really like silly music or sometimes I'll play music that makes me feel like a badass. Sometimes I'll you know, play music that like kind of hypes me up. And then sometimes I'll play music that kind of, you know, calms me down a little bit. Um, And then just going out with good friends too, like skiing with good friends, going out with um, other folks, mountain biking. It's just like, you just get kind of lost in it when you're around good people. Yeah.
1: Do you ever get afraid? Like, do you ever find yourself like, you know, getting ready to drop into something skiing or, out on on the trail is it do you ever experience fear in this this progression
0: fear is hard there's so many like gosh I could do we could talk about fear all day long Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm like afraid of the police I'm afraid (laughs) of like I'm afraid of like some of the like weird hick people Mm and like they're like in Bellingham like you go out a little bit out of the city, like not even very far, but there are plenty of Trump flags and people Mm -hmm. who have like Blue Lives Matter stuff. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. the people here don't really understand where I come from. So like, that's, that's a fear for me, like being Mm -hmm. a part of the outdoors and um, living in a black body for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. ah, Gosh, like the fear of like standing up for what's right is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, dropping a cliff on skis is not nearly as scary (laughs) (laughs) and like the fear that I bump up against when I'm biking is like a pleasant fear compared to that I think Um, and it's like I think that as part of those sports of skiing and mountain biking like you just you kind of just learn how to face your fears and it becomes like this really awesome skill. Um, it's really awesome to see, to go out with people who are like really good athletes in skiing and mountain biking and who face like who've done crazy things and put them in new scenarios. And I've seen these people just be like, Oh, I've done this before. Not quite this thing, but I know how mm-hmm. to tackle fear and it mm-hmm. almost becomes just kind of like this muscle.
1: yeah, well, it's also something that you're in control of, right? Like you're in control of it. you can you can push it, you can pull it back. and it's something that you um, that you find joy in managing, whereas I can only imagine when you pass by a blue Lives Matter sign, there's not a whole lot of um, control and feelings of joy in that.
0: No. No, there's not very much control. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's been, like, one of the things that is just, like, I want the outdoor community to know that, like, I can be here in this position. I mean, I haven't been here for very long, but um, I can talk the, same, talk the way that I do. I can hit whatever thing on my bike or skis the way that I do, but there are just some places that I'll always be scared to Mm -hmm. exist in um, unless we change things.
1: What does change look like to you? What, 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 What would need to be different specifically for you to not have this feeling of fear sitting inside of you?
0: I mean, I think that our whole system just needs to change. I think that we need... Um, better health care. I think we need more support for mental health. I I think that we need to start looking at our relationship with the environment and our natural world. I think that we need police reform and better pay for teachers and doctors and nurses. Um, I think that people need to take bias training and there needs to be... um, you know, better representation for people who do what I do and maybe people who don't do what I do. Um, I think change needs to happen in big ways, but also small ways. I think that everybody can learn how to listen better, like go back to basics and truly learn how to um, not just listen to be heard, but listen to like, understand other people.
1: Yeah. So I want to ask you about that specifically. So um, just so all of our listeners know this, is we're recording this early September and I feel like every place I look is people saying like, well, we need to listen to people and we need to hear all sides of the story. And I kind of feel like, fuck that. I don't actually need to hear I don't need to hear all sides. There aren't multiple sides. To me, it feels like there's really, um, there's the side, there's the side of, of, of justice and equity, you know, the anti-racism side. And then there's, you know, the anti-misogynistic side, the, um, and then there's the other side of it. And, And I keep saying to people, like, I know who I'm listening to. And I know who I'm learning from and I don't need to entertain any conversation that questions the humanity of other people or, um, you know, a lot of these things just aren't up for debate. Like racism isn't up for debate. Like this, like what, what, I don't need to hear all the sides. So I'm, I'm curious if you like what your take is on that and feel free to disagree with me, but I, I don't really believe in, in, listening to everyone and that everyone's opinions are valid, worthy, informed, productive. Like, do you have any thoughts yeah. on that?
0: I mean, gosh, I mean, I think I'm the kind of person who's just going to listen to everyone. Um, it's a skill that I've, <laughs> that I've <laughs> just, you know, learned the hard way that I've just had to craft. Um I think that I'm open to listening to all different people from all different walks of life. Um, yeah, I was, I, I just bought myself a Ford Ranger 2006 with like, Oh my gosh, it was such a great deal. It was like six grand for this new truck. And um, in this new truck, I just feel so so much more safe going to some of the places that um, I like to recreate in and mountain bike in and spend time in. And I took like a, just a joy ride in my new truck. And I saw this, this old couple who looked probably pretty sweet, but they were, you know, had their blue lives matter flag on their car. And there was one guy who had a Trump flag. I almost just wanted to like go up to them and just ask them, you know, do you do you actually believe, like, this stuff? Do you not see my worth? It's just, yeah, I don't know. And the reason why I bring up the truck is because I've felt so much more safe, I guess, in these spaces. Um, but, yeah, I almost wanted to go up to these people and just ask them. I'm just curious. I'm curious to see why people think the way that they do and... Um, I don't know. I think that I I just wonder whether people lack truly lack empathy, you know? Like I'm not judging them. Why can't they give that back to me?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's could be a lot of things, right? Like it could be empathy. Um it could be well it well it's hard to say. Like people definitely talk about like oh, well people aren't aware and you could argue well certainly you should be aware at this point, um, given the free flow of, of information and the experiences. Um, but then you just look at where people get their news and you're like, these people aren't even, they're not even getting information in the way that likely you and I are. And so there is sort of this, um, I mean, it's like, so whitewashed, right. It's like completely white, whitewashed. And what are they, if, if all you're doing is turning to Fox news, like, are you truly informed or? Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, and then people are just straight up racist. So it doesn't actually matter, you know, some
0: people are racist, or some people are just so insulated because they're wealthy and rich. It's like, I just don't understand. Like, I truly don't. Yeah,
1: I don't either. Um, I mean, I think that when I when I reflect on the last few months of what's been happening in this country, um, you know, despite how messy it's, it's been. And this is actually something that um, Latasha Dunstan, Jitterbug Art, another um, uh, black woman artist in the outdoor space, like she and I have talked about how change is really messy, but it's, mm. but it's good. Um, it so is. It like it, it's, I mean, the, the, the loss of life is incredibly tragic and, and no one should have to endure that. Um, and the, you know, I, I think about the families and, and friends, um, and, and also like, thank God we're at this time in our country where we can really address all of this head on and it's there and the conversation is happening and it's been months now and it hasn't gone away, which I think is something really unique for Americans because we tend to move on to the next thing so quickly. And, and yet here, here we are, um, months after the first, um, you know, major black lives matter protests after the killing of George Floyd. And and, and this is still, you know, a major conversation that people are having and, and we're, we're seeing, different elements of, of change. But um, it just feels like it's been a long time coming. And, and despite all the pain involved with it, that like, we might actually be getting to a better place, you know,
0: I hope we're getting to a better place. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a while. Yeah, i definitely come to this place where it's been hard for me to just like tune into the news. Mm-hmm. Um, had to kind of have a little bit more boundaries with Instagram and news just because gosh, it just, it just doesn't stop, you know? Um, And it's, it's tricky. It's this place of like trying to stay informed, trying to keep up to date trying to see what's going on in people's lives. And it's just hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I bet. But
0: I really love that Tasha said that, The change is really messy. That's how I feel like has been all my past year is like I graduated from college and then like everything just kind of happened all at once. And the universe was just like, like personally, and then also um, just everything else going on too. the universe was like, sweet, bad gal, brookie let's grow up, let's do it. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> let's drop it. Now's your in. time. Now's yeah. your time. Get it together. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it it's changed, exciting. Yeah. Change is changes so messy. It's like all of the things that I've learned, even before pandemic, even before um uprising, it's just like all the things that I've learned even before then was just like, oh my gosh, that was so messy. But all of that helped prepare me to be where I am now.
1: Yeah. Which is really like at the very beginning of your career and your life, which is pretty exciting yeah. when you think about it. Like 24, good Lord, 24, you're 20 years younger than me. I think back to like 20, what in the fuck have I done in the last 20 years? You have so much ahead of you. It's rad. I Life's hope so. It's, it's awesome to think about that. Like what you can accomplish. In the next 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Imagine. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm not suggesting to do more. I'm just saying, yeah. like, how how cool is that? Like I mean, I'm pretty happy being 43, I'm gonna tell you. Like being in your 40s, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't think I'm gonna live that long, so I don't know if I have another 20 years. So the thought of like <laughs> being 24 and being like, huh. I actually, like, there's, like, decades in front of me would be really a, like, pretty amazing place to be.
0: Um, I think from an, like, an athlete standpoint, I think what I'm really pumped about is, like, some of my, I guess, some of the women in my life that I, like, look up to are, um, like, in their mid-30s, like, they're Mm -hmm. 10 years older than me, and, like, they're crushing it, and they're super Mm -hmm. strong, and, like, they're so good at what they do and they're super dialed and they've like figured out like their own path. And it's just like, well, I, I am looking forward to, you know, the next 10 years of my Mm -hmm. life. And also it seems like everybody gets super strong too. I'm just like, what the heck?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Like -hmm. strong mentally, strong, Mm -hmm. physically thicker skin, Mm -hmm. just like everything kind of comes together.
1: Mm -hmm. Or at least I hope so. Well, that, that's been my experience. So yes, I think that like that is something to look forward to in addition to like, you know, the wrinkles and the arthritis and all the other things like you do actually, I think feel stronger as a person. Yeah. So I think that's like a, the upside of having more years on, on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, um, I want to take us back. I want to take us back to, to, um, or maybe we were never there, but I, um, I want to talk about diversity in the outdoors. So, um, you know, what you were talking about your experiences as being um, a black, a black woman and in and, and places where maybe you didn't feel safe or, you know, seeing people with blue lives matter signs and and all of that. And, and that's just sort of like society at, at large. But if, if we kind of hone in and look at the outdoors, um, I wanted to talk about that because that's really the industry that you and I both exist in professionally. And I'm curious now, like everywhere you turn, well, I feel like maybe this is just who I follow. Perhaps there's like lots of elements of the outdoor industry that aren't there, but um, there's just a more intensified conversation around the need to diversify the outdoors. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, why it's taken so long for that to become such a dominant conversation in an industry where people have been talking about it for so many years.
0: Um, I think, I think that people are talking about this now because people realize it's, that that is their responsibility mm-hmm. and not just the people of color in the outdoors uh, mm-hmm. responsibility. Um, I think that people are seeing the connection. I think people are seeing the broader picture. It's like, okay, this thing is happening in society at large. So this thing is happening to members of our outdoor community who are people of color and women of color. Um, It's just like people are starting to kind of put the puzzle pieces together and being like, oh, just because you ski and mountain biking doesn't mean you can run away from racism Mm -hmm. or maybe – skiing and mountain biking are actually very racist Mm -hmm. um and I think people people are starting to understand that you know like everyone has bias and everyone is racist and people are starting to like peel back the layers of that and it's hard it's Mm -hmm. super hard because you're like you know stripping away at kind of like your ego and what you thought was like a good person good and decent human and you realize that maybe you weren't quite there and Mm -hmm. but that's like a good place to progress and to learn um I think that I I think that all this is happening in the outdoor industry because people are realizing how connected everything is Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's not it's not separate right and and no I mean, I think people definitely try to escape, uh, I'm air quoting right now, real life in the outdoors. But, you know, to to your point, if you're a person of color, if you're a woman, if you're a woman of color, if, if you're black, like if, if you're black, indigenous, if you're disabled, like you can't, none of that goes away. Even no. if you're in the outdoors, it does not go yeah. away. It's still there. And so it's a part of your outdoor experience. Whereas like, obviously... Anyone who um, you know exists within the intersectionality of like privilege and white and cisgendered and and male and straight, um, everything's been sort of created around them, so they don't necessarily have to be worried about anything. And and their identities have always been uplifted and supported by the industry.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, um, when you think about what needs to be done to actually diversify the outdoors. It feels like now we're, we're still in, um, the time in which people are having conversations, but, um, what, what are, what are the types of conversations we should be having and what are the actions we should be taking if we want to diversify the outdoors?
0: Oh man, there's just so much. Um, well I don't have the answers for everything. (laughs) Um, but I think that like I think that outdoor industry needs to look at itself um, for sure Mm -hmm. outdoor industry needs to look at society as a whole as well we all need to vote 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 Mm -hmm. vote vote
1: vote (laughs)
0: vote 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 (laughs) vote please go vote Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and you know like we need to start thinking about bias as a society. Um, we need to look at, you know, defunding the police as a society too. I think that outdoor industry can do more to invest into like society as a whole and then also look at itself. Um, I think a good step is always bias training for folks that who work at companies. I think a lot of these companies are, really excited to bringing on new ambassadors and have new people working for them but they don't actually realize that these spaces that are kind of like built you know for white people um in these you know white towns or maybe not even white towns but you know like these spaces that are built for white people they don't always work for everyone so it's just mm-hmm. breaking that down and being like okay Well, we can invite people in, but are we actually inviting people in? Is this space actually inclusive for women and people of color and indigenous folks? I don't know. Um, So being able to, um, you know, take the time to do bias training, take the time to do an audit, take the time to, like, see what people think who are working for you. You know, Mm -hmm. like, where is everybody out? Where is everybody in this company at with all of this are they excited about this what do people think I think this whole uprising like you know there's plenty of people that I go s- ski and mountain biking with who I'm just like whoa I didn't realize that you had no clue about racism or race or anything it's just like some people are starting at square one and then a lot of other people are ready for these like tougher harder conversations um I think that representation is huge. Um, I think more people need to see more of them in the outdoors. Um, And that looks like a lot of different ways. And I think there's so many different creative, amazing opportunities and ways to go about that. I think people need to realize that there's just like an abundance for everyone. There's space for everyone in the outdoors. There's enough gear for everyone in the outdoors. Um, And that like, just because somebody else has space in society, somebody else has human decency, just because, you know, like there's affirmative action, you know, stuff like that doesn't mean that it's taking away from you. Um, So being able to be secure in your own space. And I mean, I talked about this earlier, but I think listening is a huge part of it. I think people are really excited and rah, 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 like black lives matter and this and that. But if you're blasting that out on your social media, or you're like saying all these things, but you're not actually taking the time to listen to black and brown people understand how we feel, understand that we're all a little bit different and we all, you know, feel differently. I think being able to be truly a good listener and just go back to basics is super valuable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you think about what the future of the outdoors could be, um, what would it feel like to you?
0: Um, I just imagine that there's a lot more play and there's like a lot more fluidity. I think one of the things that I get just hung up on is like, you know, the sports that I do, skiing and mountain biking, like they're mentorship sports. And for me as a woman of color, it's like, well, if I'm a woman of color and I'm trying to like work extra hard to like prove that I belong, like, how do I find mentors to grow in the space? How do other people find mentors? How do people find welcoming and belonging and um, just like lasting connection in these places um if going out with good people is what helps you get flow state then how are you how are you supposed to even like find that if you're not even really welcomed in the community I know it's possible but it's like there's not longevity in that um I think for me like I would love to see just like legacy being like recorded and um created in these outdoor spaces it's like there's there's probably like so many I mean there's quite a few I don't know who they are but there's quite a few like pro mountain bikers and pro skiers who are all black who like you don't even know about but they've been out here forever doing their thing and they have like legacy in the sport and you're just like I'm just like what why are these stories not being told? Why are, why do these people not have any visibility? It's like, why aren't we like connecting the dots and like creating like some kind of timeline or something, something to show that we've been out here for a long time. It's kind of crazy. And it's like some of the folks that I know who um, have been in mountain biking for a long time, who are like people of color who have, worked really hard to like be a part of the space and like kind of assimilate into the space and they're like I don't want to tell my story like I worked so hard to get here and I'm like okay I understand that but Mm -hmm. it's just like I want to see I want to see that legacy and want like that like I guess general generational wealth of the outdoors to be passed down from generation to generation
1: yeah that's a really interesting perspective like how do you create that generational wealth within the outdoor industry and pass that on.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, that's really, I feel like that's part of why, you know, I mean, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is people just don't see themselves out here and um, there's anxiety around um, like being part of the outdoors and having that be a path and it feeling, you know, just not part of, uh maybe somebody's culture but really like it's a right to be a part of the outdoors. Mhm.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean as as someone who is, you know, observing and listening and learning, um I can definitely say Brooklyn that you are one of the people who is absolutely um solving some of these problems and creating change in the industry and I want to thank you for um, being outspoken about these things and, and feeling, um, safe enough to be able to do that and, and to be able to share your perspective, um, not only here on our podcast, but, you know, everything that you've been talking about, um, I, you know, see your posts on Instagram, um, and the other, you know, the other platforms that you've been, that you've been, um, speaking on. And so I just want to thank you for that. Um, if our listeners would, it's yeah, of, of course. Um, If our listeners wanted to learn more about you, how could they find you? Where's the best place to go to find you?
0: Ooh, so you can learn more about me um, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is badgal underscore brookie. And then I just put out a film with Patagonia. It's on YouTube and it's called Becoming Ruby.
1: Well, Brooklyn, thank you so much for being on Juicy Bits today. And uh, I am excited to see what the future of the outdoors holds with people like you. So thank you so, so much.
0: Yeah, me too.